You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 18. Happy Monday, guys. We are doing another birth story episode today. This episode is with my friend, Sierra. And the really special thing about this episode is that Sierra actually took my prenatal course, my natural prenatal course. And if you're listening today, I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but my newly updated prenatal courses are out today on sale. If you're listening to this on February 24th, they release at 3 p.m. Eastern time today. So I'm really excited to share this story with you because Sierra took my original prenatal course, my natural prenatal course, before it got updated today, of course. And she gave birth to her beautiful baby girl, her second baby. She had a very traumatic first birth of her son, and she wanted to really have a different experience with the birth of her daughter. And I just thought it was so cool that she found me and she took my course and she had such an amazing birth experience and felt so empowered going into that second birth and having that birth that she she was totally dreaming of. So without further ado, let's get into Sierra's birth story. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast was sponsored by me. So I talked a little bit in the intro about my prenatal courses, my birth courses that are newly updated today. They come out at 3 p.m. Eastern time today, the updated courses. I have been working so hard on them and I'm so proud of them. And I really hope that if you're pregnant and you're listening and you're seeking out birth education, that you will check them out. They have so much information in there that is going to prepare you for your upcoming birth. And I'm just really, really excited to share the newly updated videos and the newly updated content with you guys because it just looks so professional and so cool. So let me tell you a little bit about each one. If you haven't been following my Instagram and you don't know anything about them, so we have Birth It Up, both of them are called Birth It Up, and we have Birth It Up, the Natural Series, and Birth It Up 2.0, the Epidural Series. The Natural Series is targeted towards moms who really desire a natural delivery. When I say natural, I just kind of mean going without an epidural with minimal interventions. I still do teach you guys about epidurals in this course in a very, very positive way because I really think it's important to at least be informed about the procedure, the risks, the benefits, what might happen. And obviously, it's definitely not an anti-epidural course. I know there are many moms who take this course who wind up getting epidurals or they say, oh, you know what? Natural labor isn't really for me. So that's why I provide kind of all information in here, but it's definitely tailored towards a mom who prefers to kind of go the natural route. Birth It Up 2.0, the epidural series is targeted towards moms who desire birth education, just like, you know, you guys who want the natural series, you want birth education, but 
you guys know you definitely want to go the epidural route. You don't really have much interest in the whole natural labor thing. This course is very similar to my natural series in terms of the anatomy and physiology and birth prep kind of stuff. And many of the lessons are the exact same and they just kind of transition over. But I focus a lot more heavily on the fact that you totally want an epidural. In this course, I still also teach about other pain management techniques because I think it's at least important to be informed about that. Plus, you don't know how many moms I've gotten messages from saying that they went a little bit too fast during their births and they did not have time to get their epidurals, so they were very greatly appreciative that they had some natural techniques because they just went too fast. So I teach you how to do that just in case that happens and kind of how to avoid that if you can. These courses are for first-time moms, second-time moms, third-time moms, whatever to, you know baby this is for you. They're for VBACs. If you desire a VBAC, we talk a lot about VBACing. And my natural series, I specifically tell people, is more tailored towards somebody who's not quite sure, you know, whether they kind of want to go natural or they kind of want to get an epidural because we do go over a majority of both in that one. So whichever course you decide to get, my hope is after taking one of these courses, you're not really going to be afraid of birth anymore. That is really my goal behind these courses, to take that fear away because I know I've been a first-time mom before. I know how scary birth is. I've cared for many, many first-time moms who are terrified going into birth. And really my whole thing is that education is power. And by educating yourself about the birth process, you really can get rid of that dread that you have and that anxiety that you have going into birth. After you take one of these courses, you're going to feel confident, empowered, and educated so you can go into your upcoming birth and totally rock it. That's what I want. I want you to have a better birth. Along with these courses, I have created a little Facebook group for you guys too to kind of get that sense of community as well. People love this Facebook group because people are always asking questions in there and it's very, very responsive. People are really, really great about answering questions. And one of my favorite parts is I see people post their birth stories all the time and moms just love to go on there and read other people's positive or negative birth stories. So just a few details about this launch. They come out at 3 p.m. Eastern time today, the 24th, February 24th, 2020, and they will be open for 40% off for three days, okay? Normally, they sell for $39 each, and for the next three days, you can get either for only $23. That sale ends at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, February 27th. And I know you're probably like, what? $23. I can get this course for only $23. Yes, you can. Okay. It's very, very important to me to keep this price low and affordable for as many people possible because I really truly think that the information contained in prenatal classes, in any prenatal class, should be priced much lower than they generally are. This class 100% contains all the necessary information that a two, three, four hundred dollar prenatal class will. It's really, really important to me that the most people possible get this information. So that's why they are and they will always stay so low for you guys. I really, at the end of the day, don't care 
about making millions of dollars on selling prenatal courses. I really care about you guys getting this information. So that's why they stay really low. And that's why I do these low launches for you guys. Because, hey, I don't want you to ever feel like you want birth education, but you can't afford it. I've totally been there struggling financially and, you know, wanting something and being like, oh, I just, I can't afford this. I know I really need this, but I can't afford it. And I don't ever want you to look at birth education like that. So I really hope you guys check them out. I will leave the link to both courses at the end of the show notes so you guys can check them out. And if you use the code I am pregnant, It's all one word, I-A-M-P-R-E-G-N-A-N-T. Don't know how to spell for a second. (laughs) You can get those courses during the three-day launch for only $23. So that's pretty much it. Sorry for this long little promo in the beginning of this episode, but I am really, really excited about these courses. So yeah, let's get into today's episode. Hi, Sierra. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Liesl. (laughs) Can you start by just telling listeners a little bit about yourself and your family? Where are you from? All that good stuff. Yes. My name is Tierra. I live in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I've been married to my husband, Nathan, for five years now. Mm-hmm. We have two babies. Our son, Ezekiel, is three and our daughter, Hannah, is four months. Mm-hmm. I'm a stay-at-home mom and during our free time, we pretty much just volunteer at our church. My husband is a youth pastor mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all that there is. Cool. <laughs> Stay-at-home cool. mom. My hobbies is keeping the babies alive. <laughs> no, I totally get it. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Cool. Well, we are doing a birth story today, guys. We're going to be talking about pregnancies and birth stories and breastfeeding, postpartum, all of that good stuff. So, Sierra, did you want to start with your oldest one and talk about your pregnancy with sure, that baby and how you, you found out and all that good stuff? Yeah, I can give you kind of a brief summary of his. Sure. Because it really affected the reason I did things different with my daughter. Yeah. So with him, found out pretty early. I think I was about four weeks. I was one of those people who took tests every day. So I found out with him, I had a pretty uneventful pregnancy. I didn't have any complications or any issues with him. But going into labor with him, my water broke at 38 weeks and I didn't have any contractions. So when I went into the hospital, they wanted to start Pitocin and all that. I wasn't very prepared. Like I didn't take any labor classes. My doctor was pretty set in his ways with things. So when I said I'd like to explore not having an epidural, anything like that, he kind of shut it down. He's like, oh, everybody gets epidurals. Mm. So I kind of just went with what he said. I was a first-time mom. I didn't want to make any mistakes. So yeah, with him, they admitted me and started Pitocin immediately. And I got the epidural pretty early and it worked for a few hours. And mm-hmm. then I was asking for the IV meds and they gave me two doses of fentanyl. And then after that, it was, I was pretty much in so much pain. My epidural had worn off and oh, gosh. they weren't going to keep giving me the fentanyl because it gets shorter and shorter every time. Mm-hmm. And I was a nine forever with him. I think it was almost five hours. I was dilated to a nine. Wow. And yeah, finally I started pushing with him. I pushed for two and a half hours and he was sunny side up, which mm. they didn't know until he came out. And the hospital 
I was at wasn't very mom friendly. I didn't get to do immediate skin to skin or delayed mm-hmm. core clamping or anything like that. So they took him and I didn't even get to hold him for, I think about 40 minutes. Mm. And with him, I bled a lot. So my doctor had to pretty much manually deliver my placenta. And gotcha. that kind of made it very traumatizing for me. I didn't yeah. really expect anything like that. I know you've done a, a post on it before and he pretty much had his hand pulling. I was in so much pain. They have it's videos awful. of my son and yeah. I was in the background screaming. Yeah. And he had a lip and tongue tie. So breastfeeding didn't really work out with him. Mm. I did a couple of weeks. By the time they found it, my supply was gone. He was hadn't gained weight yet. Mm-hmm. Pretty much with him, I didn't get the experience I wanted. I mean, he's healthy now. He's the perfect three-year-old. But when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I knew I wanted something different. Right. Of course. Cause you'd had, and, had all these things happen and you know, it didn't go to plan. So yeah, totally makes sense. Right. And I found out I had options. I didn't mm-hmm. really know that the first time around. So with her, I found out I was pregnant. I was like four weeks with her as well. Mm-hmm. And immediately I started researching different things, different doctors. I just wanted to have as much information in my hands as I could. Mm-hmm. I chose a doctor's office that had two OBs and five midwives. Mm-hmm. And they're all the uh, nurse certified midwives. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about them was they delivered our main hospital here in Dayton has a birthing center inside the labor and delivery floor. Oh, cool. And it has a couple units where you can do water births. They just don't offer any kind of medication. It's all all natural birthing center. But the same nurses that staff the labor and delivery unit, some of them work in the birthing center too. So if something were to go wrong, I mean, you're right there on the same floor. That's pretty cool. I don't think I've so, ever heard of that where it's all in it's kind amazing. of the same location. Yeah. It's the only one in Ohio mm-hmm. and it just so eased my mind. There's a NICU in the hospital. There's wow. the labor and delivery unit. It's just, it's amazing. I wish every hospital could have that. So yeah. Like seriously, Dayton, that. Dayton, Ohio, we need to like spread this information throughout the country. Like right. let's get, let's get all the major hospitals on board. <laughs> it's amazing. So immediately I knew I wanted to do there. You have to be a candidate. You mm-hmm. can't have any complications or right, anything. Right. I started researching the unmedicated births really early. I think your course came out not too long after I got pregnant. Yeah, so, I was going to say because it came out in February. Like my, okay, so, my natural one, it came out in the beginning of February. So yeah, it probably wasn't, wasn't too long after. Yeah, I was just a couple months. So I bought that on the day it came out. I'm like, <laughs> I want to do this. Yeah. So I had a lot of people kind of discouraging, made me doubting my decision. I no one around me has done it before. So I'm like, I really want to do this. I bought your course. I did the course. The books you shared in there, the Ina May. I yeah. read that. Yeah. I just, I really educated myself this time. And since my son came early, I thought I would go early with her. Mm-hmm. So come 36, 37 weeks, I'm like, we're just waiting, waiting. Well, at 37 weeks on Memorial Day, we had a tornado and oh it actually hit our house. Oh my gosh. And yeah, this is crazy. We're like under a table in the basement. A tornado hits our house, hits, goes to our neighborhood. Our garage was gone. 
all this crazy stuff. And we live like a minute from the hospital. So I just start getting so worried. We're okay. Everybody's okay. Yeah, good, Um, good. We lose electricity and all that, but we go to a hotel and I'm just so worried that I'm like, I'm going to go into labor. Yeah. I'm going to go into labor. And our insurance puts us up in a hotel. We stayed in a hotel for a week Mm -hmm. until everything got sorted back out. But during that week, I had one of my appointments and they said, well, they're not taking any elective inductions at the hospital and they're not allowing any water births because Mm -hmm. of the whole water situation. So I'm Uh like, my whole plan this time is I wanted to do a water birth (laughs) and I'm afraid I'm going to go into labor early. Well, they lifted that a couple days later because I had kept calling and asking and and they said, okay, we're allowing water births now. And at my 38 week appointment, I went in, that was the next week I was dilated to a three. Mm -hmm. So they're like, all right, well, get things moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't go into labor. At my 39-week appointment, I was dilated to a four. <laughs> Still didn't go into labor. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So at my 40-week appointment, they did like a non-stress test. He checked me. Oh, and both of those times I had membrane sweeps. Mm-hmm. And at the 40-week, he checked me and he said, well, I can stretch you to about a six. He's like, if you want, you can go down to the birthing center and we can break your water and we can see what happens from there. Yeah. So my family lives uh, about three hours away. So I'm like, well, this is actually perfect. I can call them. They can come get my son. It all kind of worked out. We came home, straightened up the house, got everything ready and went back in. I had the groupie strep and he had forgot Mm -hmm. to mention like, well, you'll have to wait to get your water broken. You have to get your antibiotics first. Right. So we get there and I have to immediately start antibiotics. They couldn't break my water until I had two doses in. But after I got my two doses, the midwife came in and she broke my water and I just didn't have any contractions, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was the same thing that happened with my son. Mm -hmm. So I started to get nervous. I had me walking the halls and The nurse was like, well, you can just take a nap if you want for a little bit. And then we can, when you wake up, we can reevaluate, see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So we slept for two or three hours and every, so another thing about the birthing center is you don't have to wear the monitors. They just come in every 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. use the Doppler. Mm -hmm. So she was doing that. I started to get nervous. So I was asking her like, well, what can I do? She said, well, you can start using the breast pump and we can see if that will get you some contractions going. Mm -hmm. So she said, just do one hour, 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off, keep alternating. And so I was doing that and I couldn't even like finish the last 10 minutes. It put me right into labor. Oh, wow. Which was nice. Yeah, Yeah. it was, I had tried it at home and Mm -hmm. I didn't have any contractions. So I'm like, this isn't going to work. Not working. But (laughs) I mean, almost immediately, I started having very painful contractions. Um, right after that, they came and gave me my third round of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And during that round of antibiotics, my contractions were just getting worse and worse. I was throwing up in transition. So I'm mm-hmm. like, can you guys fill up the tub? I'm ready to try and get some relief. And they're like, well, it takes 15, 20 minutes to fill up the tub. Like, I need Big you guys to fill it up. <laughs> I need to fill it up now. Well, <laughs> they filled it up and I got in and that first contraction was 
almost a relief in the water, just being able to float. But then after that, it didn't really have any kind of pain. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be more helping the pain, but it wasn't. It wasn't what I expected. Everybody's but different. Was, uh, yeah, everybody's yeah. different. Like some people like the tub and they, you know, they say it's nature's epidural, you know, getting in to the tub and having the hot water immersion around everything. But yeah, some people, I was the same way. I didn't like the tub. I tried the tub and I just was like, this sucks. Like I like the shower yeah. because like the hot water was beating on my back, but I didn't like the tub. I felt I did not like it. So yeah, everybody's different, but sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> it wasn't what I expected it was going to be. Yeah. So I just, it was nice though for the breaks. I was yeah. able to like relax my whole body and float mm-hmm. between each contraction. And that really helped me to get a break. And when I got in the tub, I was a six when I, a six some years. Mm-hmm. And for about two hours, I labored in there. And nice. then my nurses went to their lunch. It was like two o'clock in the morning and they took their lunch mm-hmm. and another nurse came in with me and I'm just like, man, I don't think I can do this anymore. I need you guys to move me to labor and delivery. And they don't do that. <laughs> you have to have an issue to be moved. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, well, let me check you. And she checked me and I was a nine. Okay. So she called my nurses back. She called the midwife. This was all pretty quick. The time I started my first contraction to this time I started pushing was about two hours. Oh, wow. Two and a half hours. They called the midwife up and my husband got in the tub with me. There was no like place to put my head. Mm -hmm. That was another thing. There was no Mm. place for me to like relax my neck. Okay. Yeah. So he got behind me so I could lay my head back Mm -hmm. and I started pushing. I was the only one in the birthing center. So I had like all the nurses were in there with me, which was kind of nice. Okay. Yeah, that is nice. And I started pushing around three and they let me push however I wanted. Like I, there was no coaching, Yeah, which was total opposite with my son. The nurse right. counted down with my son and with them, they're like, just whenever you feel to push, just push and right. we'll work with what you want. And I like held on to the faucet to try and squeeze something. Yeah. And I pushed for about an hour and they, every two or three minutes, maybe even less than that, they would do the Doppler. Mm -hmm. And right before she came out, the midwife was like, well, her heart rate just dropped. So if you don't get her out in the next couple pushes, we have to move you out of the tub. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of gave me motivation. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to have to move while I'm pushing. So I'm just going to do it. So. I was able to push her out and I was able to grab her myself, pull her up on my chest. And as soon as she came out, it was just like the highest, I don't know. It was like, I did it. She's here. Yeah. It's the best. It's like the best feeling ever. You're like, oh God, I'm done. And like, I did it. And I feel like right. Yeah. It was the best feeling. She was covered in burnix, like (laughs) really, really thick. I was 40 weeks and five days. I was just going to say, I was just going to say like, were you, well, no, you couldn't have been off because you took a pregnancy test at four weeks. Right. And you got positive. So, so yeah, maybe, Hey, I don't know. She was just (laughs) covered. 
it made me think I'm like, man, maybe our dates were maybe off. I early. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But, and just for reference guys, like why we bring that up is babies are more likely to have like an excess of vernix if they're earlier. So like a 37 week baby looks a lot different than like a 41 week baby in terms, usually, obviously sometimes not, yeah. but that's one thing that we look for. It's like, Oh, maybe, you know, date, there's a couple other things, but vernix is one like uh, an excessive amount of vernix. It's like, Oh, maybe this baby's only 37, 38 weeks. So that is interesting that you brought that up. Yeah. So that confuses us a little bit. My nurses were asking like, are you yeah. sure? But I mean, you're like, yeah, I man, know, I can't I get a positive pregnancy test at two weeks. Right. <laughs> yeah. She was just covered. Yeah. And I was able to do the delayed core clamping with her. Cool. But one of the things with the birthing center is when you have a water birth, you can't deliver the placenta in the water. Mm-hmm. I think like with the infection and stuff. So they make you get out and walk to the bed to deliver the placenta. So I had to get out. I gave the baby, they took the the baby and wiped her off a little bit, gave her to my husband and I was losing a lot of blood again. Mm-hmm. So they gave me a shot of Pitocin in my leg and my midwife really kind of had to push on my stomach to deliver mm-hmm. the placenta. Mm-hmm. It was pretty similar to the first time actually, mm-hmm. but they told me what was going on every step of the Good. way. She told me what she was doing. She's like, well, we have to give you this Pitocin to kind of help your uterus contract. And I'm going to have to push on your stomach. It's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. She just really kept me informed, but I didn't have to get stitches with, oh, I left this out with my son. I had a third degree tear. Oh. And with her, I had a tiny tear, but the midwife said, well, we'll just let it kind of come together. I don't even think it was a first degree. She said it was very teeny tiny, doesn't need stitches. And I just really got to experience that high after having her. Yeah, that's amazing. And so with your placenta at this time, did they have to manually, I hear your little baby in the background, so cute. (laughs) Um, I was hoping she would be quiet. No, it's great. No, I love it when that happens. That's fine. So with her, did they have to actually go in and manually take out your placenta again or did, or eventually did it come out? She like tugged on the cord a little, Mm -hmm. but not to where the full extent of getting completely in there and pulling it out. But the Pitocin and kind of pushing on my stomach helped, Mm -hmm. but because I was bleeding so much, they really wanted to kind of speed up that process. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And do you remember with your son when they did do that, was it, you probably don't remember, but like, was it an extended amount of time? Like, or did they go in and manually take it out because you were bleeding so much? Because sometimes it's like over 30 minutes and the placenta is not coming out and then we have to go in and do it or they'll take it out manually because like you're, you know, you're bleeding so much. It was because I was bleeding so bleeding. much. Yeah. I didn't even know this until afterwards. Like my son came out, I just had kept losing blood. So they yeah. wanted to kind of speed up. I don't know if that goes up each pregnancy, the risk, because I had it twice. They didn't ever use the words like hemorrhage or anything with me. And I never had to get anything extra blood or anything, but they had just told me you're losing a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. We want to speed up this process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the second time that they were informing you a lot more and things because it just, I mean, it changes so many things (laughs) in that circumstance, you know, like, and that could be anything. Like if you have 
a traumatic XYZ happen. Like it just makes such a difference if somebody's like, okay, this is what's going on. It's going to be okay. Like I'm going to be doing this and this is what's going to happen. I mean, I cannot stress that enough that like communication is so, so yeah. important in these situations. Yeah. You want to know what's going on. I mean, people yeah, just come course. in and give you a shot and start doing this and that. It just calms you to know. And then yeah. it's a better situation if the patient's calm. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think we as healthcare providers sometimes forget that, like, cause I know sometimes I'll fall into this. Like I'll say a word that a patient won't understand what that means. And I'll be like, Oh right. no, actually like this is what it means. So I think we just, we just fall into that trap of like, okay, we're just going to do this because this is protocol and this is what we do. But it's like, no, we really need to be talking to the patient and explaining yeah. them like exactly what is going on because it makes such a difference. So thank you for that. So with your daughter now, you are four months postpartum. So talk a little bit about placentas came out. How was your postpartum experience with her? And like, was your breastfeeding experience different with her? Or did you even, you know, decide to breastfeed with her? Yes. So the postpartum, the birthing center, you only have to stay 24 hours. That's great. And I was able to, I didn't really have any pain after delivery, was able to walk, stand, whatever. And the pediatrician in the hospital, so she was, she had a great latch at the beginning. She's just kind of lazy mm-hmm. with, she would fall asleep pretty early while she was nursing. Mm-hmm. And they said within the first 24 hours, they wanted one poop and one pee. And then it would go up per day each day. Mm-hmm. Well, the first 24 hours she had the meconium, but she hadn't had a wet diaper until after that 24 hour mark. Mm. So the pediatrician was like, well, if you can follow up with her pediatrician, the next day, it was a Saturday, then I can let you go home. Mm-hmm. I was able to get a, an appointment and she was just really low on the wet diapers. Like mm-hmm. it just, on two days, she had only had one. On three days, she had only had one, mm-hmm. averaging one a day. And I had woke up and realized she hadn't had a wet or dirty diaper in 12 hours. So mm-hmm. I called a pediatrician, like hysterical because... I wasn't sure if she was going to be okay. Yeah. That wasn't scary. I was trying to look stuff up and everything said like, talk to the pediatrician, pediatrician. And they said, well, we want you to go to the emergency room. And I'm like a mess. I'm (laughs) five days postpartum. Like I have to take my tiny baby to the emergency room. I didn't know what was going to be wrong. Like there's nothing really on Dr. Google that says not having enough pee diapers. It said like kidney infections, different things. And we go in out of you when you start doing that (laughs) and a second time mom. So like, I was a little bit more relaxed and then this, so I take her in and as soon as we get there, she has like a really big pee diaper, fills her whole diaper up. Of course. And the doctor was like, well, normally we look for 24 hours, but your pediatrician wanted you to come in. They they did a dehydration test on her and everything. She was fine. They said, your milk might not be completely in yet. Right. So the next day, between that five and six days, my milk finally came in. And that was the biggest point in our breastfeeding experience so far that was the most worrisome. It's waiting so long for my milk to come in. Yeah, of course. And so I followed up with lactation twice with the hospital and went in and did like the weighted feed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at that point, she was still pretty lazy eating, falling asleep, not transferring 
mm-hmm. enough during a feed. So I used the SNS mm-hmm. and they wanted me to feed her and pump afterwards and use that SNS to give her the pumped milk. And I had to follow a schedule every day, pump so many times. Mm-hmm. And that lasted for about six or seven days till she was having enough wet diapers and steadily gaining weight back. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's been pretty good. Around eight weeks, she started to get the green mucousy stool. Uh-huh. And they had said, I took her to the pediatrician. Well, it, it kind of worked its way up. And then I saw like a speck or two of blood. Mm-hmm. So we went in and they were like, well, this is a milk protein allergy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? She's not fussy at all. She doesn't cry. Mm-hmm. She's sleeping good. She's gaining weight. I was like so confused. And she's like, just stop eating dairy. No milk. I'm like, okay, well, I was reading more and it's like a all or nothing thing. You can't just cut out milk. Oh yeah. (laughs) And they didn't get it really give me much information. So I cut out all the dairy for three days and she had gotten a lot better. But then I found out I was eating something that had like hidden milk, like under a different word. Mm-hmm. And by 10 weeks, her poop was completely back to normal. And I'm like, I don't think she has a dairy allergy. Mm-hmm. And we went back and they tested it. And they're like, no, it must have just been a virus. Great. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Well, <laughs> okay, well, thanks. Yeah. That's frustrating. <laughs> so that was another hiccup. But she's mm-hmm. four months now. I mean, she's doing great with her weight. She's about 80 percentile. I don't really pump anymore after that first couple days. Mm -hmm. I mostly just nurse her on demand because that's easier for me with a toddler running around doing a pump is just kind of, I don't know, crazy. It's much more time consuming. I I mean, it it really is. (laughs) It's great. You know, uh, shout out to to the exclusive pumpers out there because that is tough. (laughs) Like I I pumped and and breastfed and gosh, yeah, it's a lot more time. Right. Exclusive pumpers, they're like superheroes because yeah. it's a job. It's an extra job on top of being a mom and working a job. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. Well, that is so great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that about, you know, your son briefly and then your daughter and how different it was and how much more positive it was. I know you took my course, which is amazing. <laughs> and I know, and I know you read Ina May's book. I know you use those two resources. Were there any other resources that you would recommend or you read or anything that you saw that you could recommend to other moms listening? Those were the two main things that I did. Gotcha. And those were amazing. Yeah. I would recommend the course and the book for anybody, even if you're not trying to go natural. Yeah. But yeah. And luckily now I have one that is for, you know, moms kind of trying to go a little bit more natural and not get an epidural. And then I have one that is for moms who want to get epidurals, like definitely want to get epidurals. So we yeah. have those two options. But yeah, I think your story is great because it just shows people that education is so, so important to to your birth, you know, like educate yourselves. So Thank you right. so much for sharing that. Quickly, can, Sierra, can you just remind, or not quickly, but can you just remind <laughs> listeners where they can find you? I know, you know, are you in social media? If they, people want to follow you and follow your story, just quickly remind listeners where they can find you. I am on Instagram. That's cool. mainly the social media I'm on. My name is just at Sierra Ivy. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, I will put that in the show notes along with, you know, those resources that we talked about and a little synopsis of your birth story. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share that with everybody. Yeah, thank you. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast, so I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.